You're listening to season 2 of Intentional and Creative Affluence. Welcome. Welcome back everyone to my interview series Intentional and Creative Affluence. This is where I talk to creators and business owners on how they choose to work on what they love while infusing joy into their daily lives. These are my kind of people, the people who follow a heart-based approach to creating content, marketing with purpose and connecting deeply with their audience. My guest today is Asmita Bharadwaj Das. Asmita is a photographer based in Hong Kong where she lives with her husband and two boys. Her background in pharmacy and HR helps bring a bit of both mind and heart to her main passion photography. She is a self-proclaimed intuitive ambivert. We are definitely going to dive more deeply into that. And she derives great joy in observing both people and inanimate objects and bringing out their best using her camera. So welcome Aspita. I'm so grateful and glad to have you here. Uh, thank you for agreeing to do this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I mean it's really a pleasure and honor and everything. I mean I remember we connected 2 years back when the pandemic had just begun or I can't even remember when it just seems like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, you're right. It uh, was instantly <laughs> yeah i instantly connected with you your i mean your values and your personality come across so uh, you know strongly through your instagram profile so it's very rare to find uh, people uh, who are genuine on social media right and uh, somehow even though social media is a quote unquote not real but you can kind of find out right if you follow somebody's journey you know kind of kind of know have or maybe my intuitive ambivert self kind of helps me judge <laughs> so <laughs> quite yeah. right quite right uh, yeah yeah so yeah it's a great pleasure to be invited to your podcast thank you for having me yeah it's a pleasure and uh, asmita tell us a little bit in your own words about your business and i think you also of course have a food blog and why you yeah. started this particular line of passion photography yes uh so food blogging came first uh, sort of together because you know if you're a food blogger you also need to be a photographer uh, and uh, i've always enjoyed photography i had a digital i mean a dslr uh, for the longest time i think uh, ever since i moved to hong kong and used to travel around asia a lot so i would carry my little basic kit lens and everything around so i was always inclined to photography and then when uh, food blogging happened uh, so basically it was very again it, this is something what the universe was guiding me towards i was uh, taking a break from work after my second child was born i used to work in hr earlier so after my kids were born i decided to be a full time hands on mother and be very much involved in bringing them up because you know when you are away from family you only have so much support and uh, so yeah that's that so i was like i want to do something apart from being just a mother because i had a strong creative side but i don't i knew that i don't want to go back to full time work uh, so i was like constantly thinking what shall i be doing and then i was on instagram browsing through something and some food bloggers uh, profile came up and i saw these beautiful pictures and somehow maybe because i was looking at it from a photographer's eye and not a foodie's eye i saw the beauty in the photography more than of course the delicious is the food which came a close second um so it's like why don't i start 
because I was at home a lot uh, with my second child being born recently. And, you know, I was like, I'm home a lot. I'm cooking a lot anyway. Uh, friends are always asking me for like tried and tested recipes. So why should I not share uh, something on my blog? And it gives me the flexibility of working from home. So that's how it started. And uh, one thing led to the other, the more I photographed. And, you know, when you're cooking and shooting and cleaning later you realize that there's only so much you can do if you want to be true to doing everything well and I'm sort of like a Nazi perfectionist uh, person so I was like I can't do everything perfectly I and it was taking a toll on my health and my relationship with myself and my surroundings and my family so I started gradually shifting towards photography because also because you know, if you're a food blogger, you need to be constantly sharing a lot. I mean, that's at least that's a trend and I was not able to keep up with it. And what do I do with all the food that I cook? I mean, I could cook, I could go buy things and cook, but who's going to eat all that? I don't have a big family. I don't have, a, you know, everybody's diet is different. So you can't just send it to your neighbors all the time, things like that. So anyway, so practicality also counts. And then, you know, we're also looking at making some money and being where I am in Hong Kong, it's very hard to monetize blogging if you're not a local. So I was like, you know, I will still blog on the side because uh, I don't know where my future is going to take me because I'm not going to be in Hong Kong probably long term. So if I move to a country where I can monetize this, I still want to have that backup option. And especially when I put in so much effort, but for now, let me focus on one thing, which is probably, a, you know, I'm more passionate about that's photography and which is also helping me monetize my creativity. So, yeah, I hope I answered your question. I don't even remember what you asked. <laughs> no, no, that's it's perfect. I, I asked you why you yeah. started it. And yes, you perfectly answered yeah. that. And the very fact that you're honest about realizing that, you know, monetizing, say, a food blog, especially in a country which is not your native country, uh, is a bit yeah. of a challenge. And learning how to pivot and use a related skill, probably something which you're also passionate and very invested in, is something very few people actually think about. You know, they they think about food blogging and they think about monetizing, they think about ad revenue, they think about uh, sponsored collaborations, and because that is the typical way to monetize a food blog. Exactly. Yeah. And knowing that these are the challenges, so instead of saying, okay, let me do everything I can to fit in with the challenges. I love the fact that you broke the mold and said, you know what, let me look at something else. Let me have a, what I call a backup option, which is fantastic. That's thinking like a true entrepreneur and that's thinking like out of the box from what your circumstances are dictating. So that's, that's really admirable. And I really, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it wasn't easy uh, for sure. Yeah, it wasn't easy because, you know, when you invested so much in something, you put your time, effort, money, everything and then suddenly you see that, you know, this is not what I had, because I didn't do much research going into food blogging. So when I, I saw people and I saw what they were doing and I lit, knew very little about the whole world of um, food blogging and monetizing it, I thought, okay, if I do this, 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 this ABC, I can, you know, just check all the books. But that's not how it actually works when you start doing it. But I'm glad I did it, irrespective, because, you know, unless you make those mistakes, you don't learn. I mean, I won't even call them mistakes. It's more like experiences. They just teach you so much. I mean, I'm a completely different person before, uh, that I am today, like very different from what I was before I started started food blogging. I'm much more patient. I have a much more flexible 
ability to think on my feet and things like that, which come in handy in my photography journey as well. So yes, blogging has taught me a lot. That's incredible. So I'll be coming back to that where you talk about how you are a a different person now uh, when I address it in a future question. But for now, I would love for you to tell me who is your target client base and how do you connect with them? Uh, How do they reach out to you? How do you set up photo shoots? Anything about your process? Mm. If this would really help those who are probably in a similar boat thinking about, you know, branching out into their own venture. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So when I started off, uh, my Instagram page came across like a blogger's page, right? And when you it comes across as a blogger's page, people who reach out to you also are for that kind of uh, focus group. So that time my clients are more uh, people who are targeting Indians in India. Sometimes they won't realize that I was in Hong Kong. So they would just message me saying, we want to collaborate and I want to send you this tea sample or this cookbook and then they, I would send them my address and they would say, oh, you're in Hong Kong, sorry. Uh, we didn't realize, although my bio distinctly said that, but you know how it is. Everybody doesn't really read the bio that well. So, uh, but yes, even through that, uh, since my photography started improving, I got a lot of referrals through, uh, I mean, not really referrals, but I got a lot of clients through Instagram. That was one great thing about uh, being very active on social media uh, all my early clients were through Instagram or Facebook and this was like before Instagram became so huge so Facebook was still very very relevant I mean now depends which geography you are but in Hong Kong because Instagram has just got like reels have just been launched in Hong Kong like last week so you know how it is uh, so I got a lot of my clients from there and from there it's like you work with one or two clients I got like three clients who I have been working with constantly. Um, they are mostly food clients. And off late, I've started doing product photography. So for me, uh, honestly, it's been more word of mouth and just going out in the real world, connecting to people, talking to them. I would just, I would scan, lucky thing about today's times is like everybody has a social media page. So you can actually look through hashtags, which are the restaurants, uh, you know, have just started or which product, which people like businesses that have just started who might need your uh, so it's I won't say it's easy because you have to constantly be at the top of your game in terms of your creativity but also as like a like you have to have your sales mind going on as well so you have to constantly be uh, out there connecting to people asking them sending emails like I and I don't take it personally if people don't respond to me I'm just I've become very thick-skinned through these years to just keep asking people that do you need a photographer and being very flexible about my expectations out of a photography out of a shoot that also helps like sometimes people will approach you thinking that you can help them but once you quote your price they will be like oh I can't afford this so earlier I would not know how to deal with that situation but with time, I've realized that not every client can pay as much. Like some people are genuinely stingy and they don't want to pay you because you're new, uh, which I understand. Uh, but yeah, so that is a lot of trial and error. It teaches that as well. So yeah, for me, it's mostly uh, word of mouth. Uh, some of my old clients refer me to my new clients. And yeah, constantly going out, putting your name out there, sending like emails, I've sent a lot of DMs on Instagram saying, hey, I'm a food photographer, I'm a product photographer, if you're looking to. 
So not everything gets converted, but I keep doing it irrespectively. That's that's really enterprising of you. I know for people especially who want to do this full time and who want to ensure that it's a steady source of income, I think there's some amount of effort that you would have to put in. So I'm glad you shared that in that sense. Absolutely. So yeah. one of the main reasons I wanted you on this session, on this particular episode was mm-hmm. to talk about your blog post, The Power of the Pause, uh, you know, which you published. Oh, I'm glad your, you read it. On your blog. Yes, I read it a couple of times uh, a month, actually. It's, it's, a, it's a good reminder for me as well, uh, where you say it's not a food post, but it's food for thought. And in which mm-hmm. you talk about the understanding and idea that you can't possibly do it all. And of course, I'll add the link to it in the show notes uh, after our session. But I want you. you to talk a little bit about your thought process when you wrote that post and what were some of the takeaways that came to you in that particular situation, why you wrote the post at all. And of course, those of you who read it will kind of get an idea. But for those who haven't read it, what can they expect? And what was your mindset going into that post? Yeah, so yes, I'm glad that you read it. Thank you so much for taking our time and reading it a couple of times. I don't know how many people have actually read that post, even from my followers list in the thing. But yeah, I wrote it first. Most importantly, I mean, I suddenly kind of became very, very uh, uh, like I was not very frequent on my Instagram profile. I was not posting a lot. So I did. And because I have created a community over the period of the last four or five years, people were messaging me, people who were like really close to me would message and ask me what happened, you're not posting, is everything okay? So I obviously responded to them, I told them, you know, this is the reason or whatever. But I realized that, you know, over the years, I have built this community, a lot of people have the privilege or like take the, because they know me well enough, they just sent me a DM, but I'm sure a lot of other people are still wondering that what's what happened? I mean, we they were they were taking time to comment on my post they were liking my post what happened why she suddenly disappeared and why is she not posting anymore so i didn't want to leave the people uh, i mean my friends and community on instagram speculating and just wondering what's going on that was one one of the biggest reasons and the other reason was i genuinely thought that there is this in this if i can say so big bad world of social media of uh, you know perfect uh, Instagram feed and regular sharing and oversharing and everything is this rosy filtered uh, outcomes I was like we more and more people need to and more I think most of people who follow me are find me very relatable there's like it is my responsibility on that level as well to go out and share my experience honestly because a I don't know what else I don't know any other way I like to share my experiences, even if like two people benefit out of it, I feel that I should. And secondly, it was, I feel that, you know, I owed it to the people who have invested their time and uh, whatever time and effort in following my journey for the last four years. That was the other reason. Um, Also, when I wrote that blog blog post, I felt it was also kind of uh, coming to an understanding with my own self that this is who I am. This is what I have. This is the journey I have made last four or five years. And acceptance that, you know, this is what I'm capable of. And a certain kind of closure uh, in which, you know, when I I was not able to post in all these years because of my neck and upper back injury, I was regretting 
why i mean you know how when you are not able to do what you want to do you kind of go through all of these lows and you're constantly questioning yourself as to why it's happened to me and why should i go through all of this and once you have gone through all of that and you as a person want to not be bogged down by it you want to kind of look at the positive side of it you look at the other side and say it's probably happened to me for a good reason and uh, i wanted to share that with people that you know this xyz or this injury so basically i stopped sharing because of my neck injury i was not i had this really severe uh, it's very hard for me to explain even to my physiotherapist but he somehow tries to understand it and tries to gauge it and he's been able to figure it out so it's like a nerve thing which i had and uh, it affected my right arm and i you know i couldn't bend i couldn't chop and things like that so i was like you know i have to take care of my health first and then focus on everything later everything else later so this is why i stopped cooking and of course when i was cooking not cooking i couldn't share and i just decided to take the time off and focus on my health and just get better physically while i was getting better physically uh that pause that you know that extra time that i had in my life suddenly because i was not doing anything else just gave me so much perspective that you know why am i doing this am i doing it because everybody else is doing it what am i getting out of it am i still getting any joy i started this for three reasons because i was happy sharing i was passionate about sharing about my cooking but is it still giving me the same joy and if it is not then why am i running this i was not even running a rat race because you know i was not in a race because of my geography so i was like you know what i'm just going to be kinder to myself and say i cannot do this anymore and i'm going to focus on one thing because you know you also realize that you are not that person who can do five things and on social media you get this feeling a lot right that you see so many people doing so many things and doing so much of all of it so well and you feel that you should be doing that too but you know we do not know the reality of those so called uh, influencers and what's really going on behind the scenes but here i was one woman army doing everything for the family doing everything for my business trying to monetize it trying to engage trying to increase my instagram following like trying to be switched on 24 by 7 and that affects your health and i'm pretty sure my neck injury i mean what triggered it was a yoga session but i'm pretty sure it didn't happen because of that yoga session there was a, there was a deeper out. there was a deeper rooted yes, cause yes and yoga just brings out what's actually already there it just kind of a blessing in this guys so uh so that's that's what it was and i said okay enough is enough i just need to stop fooling myself and uh, just accept that i will not be able to all, do all of these things because it's first of all it's impossible and it's not worth it it's not worth my sanity it's not worth my relationships it's not worth my sleep <laughs> it's not worth my health um so let me just take a step back and reassess and resume i love this i love this because this is exactly the kind of process i've been through you know so you know where i was following yeah. all of these hustle marketing strategies which said you have to be on every mm-hmm. single social media platform and mm-hmm. uh, you know in order to see success whatever that means mm-hmm. and then you know moving away from it all and moving to a more uh, gentler flow 
of yeah. understanding, of content, of relationships, of time, Correct. most of all, really Absolutely. refines your awareness of where your energy should go and how that should flow. And you're a big uh, advocate of mindfulness, isn't it? So tell us a little bit about that. I have. And it is so funny. Like the other day, I'll tell you, when I, last week you shared something on your Instagram and I reshared it saying I can relate. And I'm married to a person who is kind of a chronic procrastinator. And he likes to do one thing at a time and he will just do that one thing. I mean, we are just very diff two different people. And when I shared that post on on social media and he should send me that emoji which was like a shock emoji he was like really you can relate <laughs> to taking it slow and I'm you know and then you are changing within yourself the last people to sometimes notice is the people around you I like, know okay, what's I going know. on <laughs> what's going on I mean right because there's so much going on in your head and obviously they're seeing some of it but they are kind of thinking okay maybe this is just a phase right so he so it's so strange. I have been this hyperactive, uh, cannot sit in one place. I always need to do something and be uh, that doing doesn't have to have any, like, like, you know, doesn't have to be productive or have to hold any value, but I have to do something. And last two years, it's amazing how just taking a pause and step back has completely changed my perspective. And I'm so glad it has because it has helped me improve my photography. I mean, I might not share everything on social media because I don't feel the need of it. I feel that it's so saturated. Unless I have something very unique to share, I'll probably not share, which is why I don't. And I'll do a lot of client work, which is not unique. It is run-of-the-mill stuff, which a lot of people are already, I have shared in the past, and it's not really adding value to my, uh, you know, uh, my followers and my friends and my community. So I'll probably not share it. But I have seen such a huge difference in the way I take photos now. And as you know, all of us know as creatives, we need to have as much dull time and no nothing time mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. just like just sitting and staring as much time we need to do. Huge to to advocate creating. of huge advocate of sitting still and doing nothing over here. So, so I completely and I tell you. If I can be honest, it was it it is so hard for me. It was so hard <laughs> for me that I'm not that person genetically and like I've not been created that way. And last 35, 36 years of my life, I've not lived like that. So, but I'm not saying that I forced myself to. Some my injury kind of forced myself to do me to do it. And and here I am. Now I am I'm so happy doing one thing at a time and let other things wait. Like I've I moved into a new house, I'm not a uh, few months back and because of the COVID situation, we are still, we are kind of living like, you know, in kind of a limbo and nothing is, not everything is fixed. Lights are still not up and, you know, we don't have a bed, but I'm like, it's okay. At least I have a house. At least I am healthy. At least I can, I have food on my, so that perspective, I'm not saying it's easy to get. And with, with my injury also, like my physiotherapist suggested me this uh, app called as Insight Timer. Because mm -hmm. I'm having massive oh, sleep I love issues. It. I love Insight Timer. Beautiful, beautiful app. Yeah. Right. And that app two years back, almost one and a half years back, it suggested me. And it has been such a blessing. Uh, because first it, start, it started off as an app that helped me to fall asleep. Because I had, because of my next thing, I, it was so painful. I couldn't sleep properly in the night and all of that stuff and anxiety. So that's how it started. And now I am not kidding. 
I don't have a day when I don't find time, no matter how busy my day has been, 10-15 minutes to just go hide somewhere, put on my headphones and just like do those guided. I'm not like an expert meditator, if that's a phrase or whatever. But <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think there is any such thing. So I think, I think you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just having that uh, awareness that not everything... No, you don't have to be reactive all the time. Sometimes you just have to be receptive and just let it be. Let things take its time and good things take time and all of that. So, yeah, I'm so glad that my neck injury happened. I It sounds so ironical that I'm saying it now, but yeah. It but it's true, isn't it? It's, a, it's in all it of is. those struggles and all of our difficulties, if we can put it that way. Yeah. That yeah, true awareness yeah. grows because if I if I hadn't been frustrated with you know hustle marketing and not seeing it go anywhere, I would not have sought out the alternative, which is authenticity and heart based marketing. Mm. So I don't I don't even blame the fact that I went through that entire two years of no. doing all of these things and struggling in ten different yeah. ways because I think those are valuable experiences as you call exactly. them. Exactly. Because yeah. it's through that that we grow. So I don't think yeah. anything happens by chance, to be honest. Right. Absolutely. Everything, there is a there is a cosmic sense of wholeness Absolutely. and cohesion, which is working even without our understanding why yeah. it's happening the way it is. And you yeah. say, right, you say you are a different person today yeah. than you were, say, two years ago, and that you can attribute yeah. to your, what do you Absolutely. attribute to exactly? I attribute it to being much more in the moment mm, mm. and not being reactive. I have been a reactive person that, okay, somebody said this, something happened to me. I have to instantly react. I have to, this, that's my, that's my nature. That's my mm. your default, person. your default response mechanism. Default mode. Yeah, exactly. I am not like that anymore. You, it could be age, maybe with age, I'm getting wiser or whatever. Or it could be those one and a half years of realizing that not everything is in, and I I have that issue. Like you know, it's in my hands. I can I have to, it's my I will have to make it happen this way or that way. You know that kind of personality. You know some people call it like type A personality right, or something right. like that. So um, accepting that not everything is in your hands, right? Because as I said, my neck injury when it happened, it was the time when Hong Kong was getting over its COVID wave. My kids were going back to school. Uh, and I was like, okay, fine. I have more time. I can go out and social, like you know, um, do this networking more and get more clients. And then this happens. So uh, just accepting that not everything is in your hands, and sometimes things happen for a good reason. As long as, as, as I said, and as you said, right, that you were going through one phase which was not working out for you, you didn't just fret and blame the environment and give up, right? You went inside and you introspected and you figured out why. Mm. And then you did something about it, correct? Instead of like, I see a lot of us, I mean, I'm not, I'm in no position to give this preachy statement, but I do see, I have been that person who has blamed the environment about some uh, things that don't go out, work out and just said, oh, X, Y, Z, and that's why it didn't work out. But I feel that most of it is, in our own, uh, like inside our mind, how we want to deal with it. And uh, with the sense of acceptance that not everything will uh, go the way as planned. And you should, that's where the flexibility comes in. 
right? And I do this um, meditation, guided meditation. It's a 10 minute one on inside time or about uh, five affirmations for the morning, for your morning. And one of it is like, I will make plans, but I will be flexible about what the day brings to me. And that is, that always stays at the back of my mind. Like if something is not working out, I'll be like, okay, this was not my plan, but this is now happening. What do I do? Like, do I just say, you know what? I'm not going to do anything about it and just blame, blame, blame or (laughs) accept. And And go uh, with the flow, right? Go go with the flow. Go with the flow. As you said, right? You, you, when you pause, you also flow, right? It sounds very like. It sounds sounds very Zen and it it sounds like one of those Buddhist masters, I know. (laughs) I have been listening to a lot lot of those uh, walking meditations by I remember you shared also yes the Vietnamese uh, monk who recently passed away uh, Thich Han, uh, his name. yes Thich Han, yeah. yeah 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 he's and an he's an incredible uh, incredible person he was an incredible he, person he was. Uh, but he lives through his his writings his speeches his videos work, yeah, yeah. I mean there's so much guy. we can learn from definitely I know. I mean, my only regret, if I can say, is like I'm re- only discovering these things, these aspects now. I wish, I wish I had when I was much younger. But I guess you, as you said, right, your experiences uh, bring you where you are. So no, you and I think, uh, well, if, if you if you were to say that you're in your mid thirties, I'm in my mid forties, so I should feel even worse, right? <laughs> but I believe well. very honestly that we are exactly where we are meant to be. You know, Correct. I think I think each of us have different paths which all ultimately lead to the same destination Mm -hmm. is that how we reach there is determined by our individual experiences and in your case the pause happened when you were in mid-30s mine it happened in my early 40s but Mm -hmm. the distinction is is minor in that sense in the cosmic sense Mm -hmm. it's literally a drop in the ocean so we don't really have to worry about oh I've lost five years or I lost 10 years doing all these random things. Oh my God. And that is <laughs> such a big thing in today's day and age, right? That everything is, uh, you know, there's a value attached. There's a numerical value attached to every single thing that is done in life, right? It so that would so be my question to, to you. So if you were to say something to any fledgling entrepreneurs or people who are thinking about starting up a passion business, what would be two or three things that you would, love them to keep in mind before they dive into this particular ocean well the top most thing would be be patient it will be very hard to be patient it will be very very hard and i see more and more with younger people right mm. it's uh, i find sound like a grandma possibly but <laughs> i see more and more like my cousins and my extended family where people are like 10 15 years younger than me i see that Patience is such a difficult thing to achieve and it's getting rarer and rarer. That is one thing I look up to for my, in my older generation. So be patient, it's going to be very hard. But I think if you just commit to working hard and being true to yourself, and it sounds like big words, but actually when you just go within and you realize why do you do what you do, mm-hmm. then nothing will stop you. It's, it's just a matter of time. And as you said, in the big cosmic, you know, in the in whatever of the cosmos it's really nothing it's like a drop Mm. Uh, so do not go by how many years you've lost or how much money you're making Uh, it is going to happen and it your success quote unquote will be very different from somebody else because I also feel that we attract what we want 
if we are looking for a holistic life a life which is more in the sense balanced in terms of our relationships and our health and money and everything then we'll also attract those kind of opportunities mm. right uh, so somebody who is uh, say 35 and uh, single and um uh, 35 and not doesn't have kids might be as talented as you are and you are 35 and you have kids but that person's approach and your approach is going to be very very different mm. towards what you do so don't expect that the gains would be the same as them because they probably also are looking for different things so consciously or subconsciously we also attract what we you know based on where we are in our lives so it's not good to compare um yeah so just that will be my only advice if i i mean I, if i have to advise anybody i normally don't give advices because i feel that people figure there nobody is actually looking for advice right people want to make their own mistakes and uh, no matter how much you advise people will still go ahead and make their own mistakes and then like people did advise me about my blogging but i didn't listen to them and uh, i learned my own i had my own journey and i learned my own way so yeah no i think i think you're absolutely right i mean I, of course people are not looking for advice very rarely do people seek yes. out advice however right. there is one thing that i would like to share and that is when people are receptive to the right ideas these pieces of mm. advice or suggestions or insights yeah. reach mm. them at the right time so Absolutely. that's the that's the beauty of you know reading books yeah. or listening to podcasts or being mm. uh, the content of people that we truly appreciate for the value that they provide and mm. it is my sincere and deep honor to be connected with you uh thanks to you know the work that we do and the creativity that is really wish i really wish we can connect more often and but you know we live in different time zones and everything but every time i speak to you i'm always filled with inspiration and energy and and, and the other thing i wanted to say which i forgot to say earlier is you know most of the people i've met on instagram are you know young mothers or people with family and i also feel that it as moms as parents it is a huge responsibility in teaching our kids mindfulness because the world we are fast moving into it's going to be all about you know not iq anymore and not about how much money you make and not about how much how successful in the cliche terms that they, that it is today so if we don't do that in our own lives and with our own actions how are we going to teach that to our children and if we are not we are really prepping them up for doomsday because if we are going to be constantly hustling that's what they learn if they don't know the power of pause how will they how will they you know implement it in their own lives when they reach a you know stage when they have to kind of uh, you know make a choice or Uh, feel uh, you know get a sense of what a calm or achieve some, a goal or things like that so i think teaching them the power of pause and mindfulness will only come not just by preaching to them but by doing it in your own actions so that's a huge response that's the other thing which kind of every time i get into my zone i mean i won't say i have days when i feel this zen like every all the time i have this and i feel really low and i feel like what am i doing with my life on those days i remind myself of my responsibilities as well 
and uh, why this is the only sustainable way to be i think i think that's the key here sustainability you know and sustainability yeah. also means coming back to that space where you are comfortable with who you are and you know that you're on the right path and you're being a guiding light or a beacon as it were to your children as well as people who are connected to you so i think that's the value that you bring to the table so thank you it was wonderful to have you here today thank you once again where can my listeners find out more about you or where where can they find you they can find me uh, on my instagram it's called one wholesome meal i recently started another profile uh, asmita bd photography which is only for my photography i haven't shared anything on it yet because we got into this whole uh, fifth wave of pandemic in hong kong and it just keeps getting worse the news is very very grim so i have not been able to do anything about anything except my just being in this state what do you say survival mode right now and at home but uh, yes please follow me on those two uh, pages and uh, you can reach me anytime by instagram dms and i can't reply asap but i do reply eventually because uh, i'm trying to really really <laughs> be more intentional on social media <laughs> yes absolutely. i appreciate that i appreciate that yeah. and of course your website as well isn't it one wholesome meal dot com my website as well i am on linkedin as well i am everywhere Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yes, kind of please get present on Instagram in that sense. You're... Yes, and I work remotely, so if you need a product, so if you need food photos, please, please get in touch with me. It's I mean I know a lot of bloggers who are huge; they want photos taken, and in amongst all the American and the Indian and the British bloggers, Hong Kong bloggers are somewhere in the bottom. We never reach the radar, so please, I am also here. Please get in touch. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah with i'll give you great photos at great prices <laughs> so there you have it folks and uh, do reach out to asmita for all your food and photography related queries and she'll be right there to help you thank you once again asmita it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having me and uh, let's be in touch and keep inspiring me and everybody else like you always have with your beautiful words i have to say the last time i did that live with you on instagram so many people came back saying oh my god you know some people said there was this lady who was elderly he she said you know uh, she has saraswati on her uh, thing tongue she speaks so well about you <laughs> oh my god you know it's just like your a lot of us have a lot of great ideas right but we can't share it as well as we would like to so yes i am just amazed at the way you speak and how clear you are in your thinking and putting them in your words I am truly humbled and very grateful for that. Thank you so much, and thank you to your listener who also said the same thing. So, thank you, for, really, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you once again. Most welcome. Thank you. All right. So that's where we end. You've been listening to Intentional and Creative Affluence with Shailaja Vishwanath. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to let me know by using a voice note. Check out my website. All the links are in the show notes below. Thank you.